Welcome back to season two of Radio Her, a weekly career podcast presented by the Women in Business Association at the University of Toronto Scarborough. Hello, my name is Franny Giovanni, and I'm a fourth year student at UTSC pursuing a major in health studies and a double minor in psychology and economics. I'm the co-president at the Women in Business Association and also co-host of our podcast. Hi, this is Maisha Zahir. I am the director of events at the Women in Business Association at the University of Toronto Scarborough. I'm also a second year student here in the management and finance co-op stream. Today we have with us Julia Perlotto, a senior consultant in business transformation at EY. Julia graduated from the Bachelor of Commerce program at Queen's University. She has completed internships as an analyst at SAP, sales and data project manager at Dun & Bradstreet, and a semester abroad at Nanyang Technological University in Singapore. Thank you so much for joining with us today, Julia, and we're honored to have you as a guest at the season two of Radio Her. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to chat with you both today. Thank you, Julia. Before we get started with the episode, we wanted to give you the opportunity to introduce yourself as well. So what is one word you would use to describe yourself and why? Yeah, that's a fun one. And it really made me kind of reflect on my personality. But I would say that one word I would use to describe myself is curious. I'm always in pursuit of learning something new and trying new experiences. And that's true in both my personal and professional life. That's actually something that drew me to consulting because of the fast pace and the diversity of the work. You're always working in different industries, working in different roles, with different people, doing something new every day. And that was really exciting to me. In my personal life as well, I kind of echo that sentiment. I'm always trying new things, going traveling, hiking, doing adventures. So I'm always trying to discover something new. Thank you so much. Let's get started with the questions that we have for you today. The first part of the questions are based around uh, the consulting industry questions and how one could enter the industry. So uh, it would be great if you can tell us more about how you were able to secure a consultant role in business transformation at EY. Do you think that your internship experiences at SAP and Dun & Bradstreet helped you or made you a strong candidate for the role? Yeah, absolutely. So throughout university, I was always drawn to the concept of consulting. I liked the idea of solving real world problems with clients, doing something new every day and being challenged because of the diversity of the work. However, simultaneously, I was really interested in learning more about technology. And when I was in university, some of these big buzzwords started to emerge like artificial intelligence and blockchain and and even cryptocurrency. And I wanted to understand what that actually meant for someone in the workplace. How is that affecting the jobs we have today? How are those affecting companies? And I found that the best way to really experience that was to see it through different internship experiences. So I kind of pivoted a little bit and tried to get experience within the technology industry in my second and third year. In my second year, I ended up working at Dun & Bradstreet or D&B, And that was a really interesting role. It essentially was a marketing and project management type role. And it gave me exposure to so many new areas of business that I had never really seen before. For instance, I was actually working in Salesforce and I was seeing how the company would manage different campaigns. Also supported the sales teams and seeing how they would assign leads to different salespeople and manage overall sales operations and track sales effectiveness. 
I also got to work with the data team there. And they showed me how they would manage data quality and perform data analytics with different applications, including Microsoft Access. I carried a lot of those learnings into my role at SAP. And this was different because it was a little bit more of a consulting type role. It was also on the sales operations side. Essentially, we were meeting with different clients, interviewing them, conducting discovery workshops to learn their different pain points. And from there, we would assess how we could help them solve those pain points. Of course, since it was SAP and they have thousands of products, we were trying to figure out which SAP products would solve those particular needs for the client. However, it gave me really good exposure to both the technology background I was looking to get, as well as consulting type work. In particular, on that technology side, it gave me a really great insight into all of those buzzwords I was actually looking to learn about. I had the opportunity actually to author a white paper while I was there on some of the biggest buzzwords in the industry. And while you might think that that would have pushed me down a technology-specific path, it actually showed me that what I liked learning was how technology was impacting the different strategies that a business might form. So how is technology disrupting industries and changing the way a business might operate? I liked that kind of particular strategic lens where you would be able to translate technology into plain business speak, kind of bringing the harmony between the technology side and the business side. And while I was there, I talked to a bunch of the colleagues I was working with in their particular team at SAP, and most of them had actually started their career in pure management strategy consulting. So I thought that would also be a good foundation for my career. And from there, I could learn a lot of core, valuable, transferable skills and use it to pivot into whatever industry I wanted to go into whether that be diving deeper into technology or maybe discovering something that I didn't even really know I liked before and going into that. I often find you don't really know what you like or what you want to do until you try it in practice. And that's what I tried to experience throughout the different internships I pursued. So then after SAP in my fourth year, I decided to recruit for consulting. So I dive back into that. And I, I realized, you know, throughout those different intern internship experiences that they did provide me a lot of the core soft skills that I could bring into the problem solving nature of consulting type work, even though I hadn't worked in any specific consulting work before. So I used those experiences and those skills. I highlighted them in my interviews and I was lucky enough to end up at EY where I've been now for just over two years and, and I've loved it. Julia, your internship experiences sound great, and I definitely agree with you that sometimes you may not know what you want to do, so internships and co-ops are a great way to be able to find what you like by actually doing things in like real life and gaining those real life experiences and also, you know, gaining connections to help you out in your career moving forward, talking to other people, seeing how their career journey was and what you could possibly pursue are definitely great benefits of doing these internships. So it's great that through your internships, you gained that interest into technology and you were able to use the soft skills that you gained during your internships to be able to apply and secure your role at EY. So thank you so much for sharing. And my next question here is that, you know, um, in consulting, it is believed that, you know, people need to have like, a variety of like knowledge and skills in different areas to be able to provide effective solutions. So according to you, how can students set themselves for success in the consulting industry? 
Um, so specifically, what prior experience should they be seeking or what skills and abilities must they possess? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a great question. And one thing I want to highlight in the beginning is that in consulting, having a diversity of backgrounds and experiences is very valued, especially while I've been at EY. I've really seen that we have people from so many different backgrounds, not just your typical business backgrounds, but we have engineers, people with PhDs in science, people with art backgrounds. And the value in that is when you bring so many people with different backgrounds, they can contribute different perspectives, different ways of tackling a problem than people with you know, a more singular view could provide. And so people might think that they need to have internships from big name companies or very specific type roles to bring into consulting when they're applying. But really, you can do just about anything because what you want to bring into a consulting interview or your application is the impact that you actually contributed in the different roles you had. So it's really important to highlight the value that you specifically created in your role. What results did you deliver? Where did you go above and beyond what was expected of you, above and beyond that job description to provide that unique value add? And that's what we're looking for in consulting is where you can provide value for the client, where you can go above and beyond and kind of bring the right mindset. And that kind of brings me into my next point, because especially when you're joining out of school, we're, we're all pretty junior. We're not coming in with a specific set of skills or expertise. And one thing that we really highlight at EY is we're looking for people with the right mindset and not the right skill set per se, because we can train you on those skills. We're looking for people who have the right work ethic and desire to do this type of work. That being said, of course, there are some core soft skills that are valuable in this type of work. And I'll just provide an overview. So one of them, for instance, would be problem solving and logical reasoning. And of course, that makes sense because consulting is at its core tackling different problems. So kind of bringing a structured thinking approach to how you can actually break down a problem and reason through it. The next really big important skill would be being able to be adaptable and flexible because there's a high fast pace of change in the consulting industry. So you're always working on different types of projects, different industries, different companies. So where you can adapt between those quickly and show a willingness to learn those different skills as you go along, that's really important. Of course, communication is another important skill because you need to not only be able to communicate effectively with your team, but also with the client since we work in client-facing roles. And on that point, teamwork and leadership are really important skills. You need to be able to lead, especially because you need to lead yourself often in a project. And as you escalate in the role, you need to lead other people. But all work done in consulting is within a team. So being a team player is a really important aspect. And the last one I'll mention here, just another valuable soft skill that's pretty transferable to any role, but of course is important in consulting is just organization. So how can you manage your own time, keep track of your own deliverables, and in general, stay on track to execute all the different work that you're responsible for. So if you're interested in consulting as a student, try and hone and demonstrate those specific core skills and highlight the value and the impact that you've contributed in your different internship, co-op experiences, or even your extracurriculars, and put those on your resume and bring those skills and experiences into your interviews when you have them. Thank you. I definitely agree that leveraging your past experiences, whether that be co-op internships or extracurriculars, and really providing, you know, 
the impact or the results that you created and highlighting those in your resume are really helpful. And I also agree that you need to have those core soft skills, but it's okay if you don't have all the technical skills, right? Because if you have the willingness to learn, then that's something that, you know, other people can help you develop. So willingness to learn and taking the initiative to be able to show that you're curious and are really interested in it is really important. And then my next question is that how important has networking and mentorship been to help you get to where you are now? I would say that networking and mentorship has been pretty important. And when I mentioned earlier that I had talked to my coworkers at SAP and they had told me about their backgrounds and how they got to that point, I had a specific mentor who actually encouraged me to go into consulting and he recommended the specific team that I was at at EY. He said, you know, check them out. I think that would be a really great fit for you. And so I do want to emphasize that networking and mentorship can really help you understand what different options are out there. And mentors can serve as that kind of guiding push on whatever path you're looking to take. So networking in general, if you're talking to people at different firms, it helps you better understand what different rules are out there and what might be a good fit for you. That's really important to remember when you're job hunting. Of course, we're trying to find a place that will hire us, but you also want to find a place that's a good fit for you. You know, it has the culture you want, it has the work you want. You want to make sure that you're enjoying something and getting what you're looking for out of it. But I also want to say that networking is not a be-all, end-all when it comes to applying to jobs. Often people think that you have to go on a certain number of coffee chats at different firms to make sure you're actually opening the door for yourself. It's definitely not a requirement. Of course, it's helpful in the sense that it can help you discover more about the culture and the type of work, but it's not something that you need to do to get the job. So, you know, my general approach to networking is to try and be as authentic and organic about it as I can. Of course, sometimes you're going to have to do those scheduled coffee chats, especially in our virtual COVID world, but where you can have more of a genuine conversation with someone. So don't just bring in a forced list and kind of run through it, but build off of what they're saying. Make it more of a two-sided conversation. And those are what people remember. Uh, There's that quote where I think it's that quote where it says, um, people remember how you made them feel. And that's generally kind of what I like to employ in life to try to keep things as authentic and genuine as you can. And EY specifically has a really big mentorship culture. We have buddies and counselors and people we work with on projects that we keep in touch with. And a lot of these people have provided really great guidance and support for me whenever I'm trying to get exposure to new work or I'm juggling a heavier workload and I'm trying to approach a different type of conversation than I've had before. I need to manage someone, for example. These are all instances where in the past I've gone to mentors and they've been able to help me decide what to do next. Thank you. I think you've put the importance of networking and mentorship in a in a very good way, especially with the quote that you mentioned. And I definitely agree that, you know, networking and having a mentor is a two-way process where you're looking at ways of supporting each other. And it also helps you learn more about the different careers that you're interested in and what um, different industries could look like. And it's great that EY has a built-in mentorship program where you can um, reach out to each other for support and guidance. So um, that's definitely great to have. And I think that a lot of organizations and companies do have that. So students should definitely take advantage of that. And then my next question here is that when stepping into um, the consulting industry, 
tackling case interviews may be daunting. So do you have any tips for that? Yes, totally. The uh, dreaded case interview. I have a few tips here that I want to mention. The first one being that there is no specific number of cases that you have to practice in order to excel in your interviews. And this is a common misconception. People often think that, you know, I need to do 30 or 40 cases to do well in these case interviews. But really, I think the right number is the one that makes you feel comfortable that when you're handed a case, you know how to start it and you generally know how to get through it. So you need to make sure you're familiar with the structure of how a case interview works. So, for example, with an interviewee-led type case interview, you are the one who is asking questions and probing to get more information. So you have to be familiar with how that type of interview works, of course, before you go into it. But I want to make sure people understand that typically you don't really need to memorize a whole bunch of frameworks. And then when you're given a problem, you run through your framework deck in your mind and slap down different cards. It's not about that. It's about when you get a problem, how do you structure your thinking? How do you logically reason your way through that problem? So if you're pulling decks out of your head, then it doesn't really look very authentic and it doesn't show the interviewer how you're actually tackling problem solving. And that's what people want to see when they're interviewing you. So my next tip there is structuring your thinking and structure is very important in a case interview. So when you're given the prompt, make sure you're taking down all the right information and laying out that initial structure of how you're going to walk through the entire case. This will make sure that you're keeping on track and it will also really importantly show the interviewer what you're thinking. If you can, try to imagine yourself in the interviewer's shoes. How would they be able to follow along to what you're saying? So after you know you do case practice or as you're interviewing someone as part of your practice, really try to think about how you on the other end can follow what, what's going through and what's happening with the case. And that's why when someone can really explain their approach, lay out the math that they're going to take, or even if they're turning their papers around after they've jotted some things down to invite the interviewer in, it really makes a difference in having the interviewer understand how the person is structuring their problem-solving and tackling the challenge at hand. And my last tip in general is to kind of remember your attitude. And so one of the things that's often said in consulting is that we want to hire people who we want to work with. Or if you were trapped at the airport with this person for hours, would you you know, be having a good time by the end of it? So it's, I just kind of want to highlight here, be, try to be positive where you can. Of course, you're going to face challenges throughout the interview, but there's no need to hide your personality. Of course, be professional, but, you know, bring bring those aspects of yourself into it, because at the end of the day, when you're applying to a company, you're trying to find that place that fits best for you. Right. And you don't want to have to hide who you are. You want to find a place that likes all the aspects of you and your personality and who you are as a whole is an asset to them. Thank you so much for sharing that. Those are some great tips on tackling case interviews, and I'm sure that our students who are looking to step into the consulting industry would find this really helpful. And then just to wrap up the section, my last question here is, according to you, does having higher educational qualifications like an MBA or a project management certificate may help one in advancing their career in the consulting industry? Yeah, this is an interesting question. And I think it's very dependent, to be honest. I think it's dependent on your personal goals, where you are in your career, and the firm that you're at. 
So if you are already working in industry, say, and you're trying to pivot into consulting later on after graduating, a lot of people will do an MBA or a master's degree or some other certification as a way to pivot into the consulting industry. And often that's because it gives you access to campus recruiting. Again, it connects you with people at different firms and it's more of a structured approach. So it's a really good opportunity to kind of jump into a new field. However, if you're thinking about it while you're an undergraduate student, I would say if it's a personal goal of yours to do a master's degree, absolutely go for it. But it really is dependent at the for the firm that you're working at. So some consulting firms have that more structured approach where they'll often support you financially in getting that master's degree. And other firms, it's less of a requirement. So personally, from what I've seen at EY, it's not a requirement to advance within our consulting group. So it's really up to you on whether or not you want to do that. Of course, it's always an advantage to educate yourself more or pursue any qualification. So it's, it's very much up to you. Thank you so much. That's really helpful to hear. Now we'll step into the second part of our questions that focuses on your professional journey at EY. You started off as a consultant and now you're currently a senior consultant. So how was your journey um, more specifically? How was your transition? What are some specific uh, steps that you took in order to advance your career at the company? Yes, so I've been at EY for just over two years and I just got promoted this past uh, September 2021. And it's been a great experience. And I find that kind of the the biggest difference or in terms of the transition from consultant to senior consultant is that you're still quite focused on executing a lot of the day-to-day responsibilities of the project. So you're working on those deliverables that we've promised with the client. We're working on, you are kind of in the the field day-to-day getting those done. But as you become a senior consultant, you get more into the people and the project management side of things. So this is where you would see more delegation, coaching, mentorship, And on the project side, you might be tracking more of the deliverables, getting a little bit more into the admin sides of managing the project within your firm and for the client too. And in terms of the actions I specifically took to advance my career, in general, I always try to just execute my role to the best of my abilities. And when I say that, I mean, I just try to deliver high quality work. I'm a pretty thorough and detail-oriented person, and I try to bring that into everything I do. So kind of taking a step back, looking at the bigger picture. Have I considered everything that I should do here? Is this kind of the best quality I think I can produce? And if it's not, should I ask for more time? Or is there some other lens I should be thinking about? Is there a different resource that would provide me better context or help to get this done? Have I checked through on the details again? Another piece of this is just kind of being organized. And so often when I get tasks, sometimes you'll get a lot at once or it's more sporadic or it might be given to you kind of informally. And so I try to take detailed notes and keep track of everything that I have on my plate. So a lot of that is to-do lists. And maybe that's because I'm very type A and I like making lists so I can check things off. But (laughs) I found it to be very helpful in just keeping track of everything that needs to get done, especially because as there's so many moving pieces in a project, things can get lost. But if you're keeping track of them, it's also helpful for the project overall to make sure that things are, you know, the ball stays rolling and we're staying on track. And another piece, you know, I just always try to practice is being a team player and thinking about what's actually best 
for the team and for the firm overall. And sometimes that involves raising my opinions on something, even if I disagree with the task that I've been assigned, because I might see a more efficient way to do something. And another piece of that is kind of employing empathy. I always try to put myself in other people's shoes, whether that's other people on my team or the client, and think about what their actual need is. What is the actual objective of what we're doing versus someone says, create this slide. Well, why am I creating this slide? What is it really trying to achieve? Is this the best way to do it? Or maybe I should also make this, or maybe I should look at this. So kind of pulling in that bigger picture lens to get things done, and then ultimately delivering it with high quality and thoroughness. <laughs> I just focus a lot on on listening and learning and adapting my approach as I go along. Thank you so much for your answer. Um, I totally agree with um, the adapting your responses and how you do work uh, a lot instead of just um, going with a pre-calculated way of doing things because that's just how it's been done, really understanding the work and giving your best at it, looking at it in a way that benefits the whole company and the team is really the way to give in your best work and push your team to do the same as well. Moving on to the next question that I have for you. Um, what are your day-to-day responsibilities as a senior consultant at EY and what does the work culture there look like? So in general, as a consultant, you're typically on one project full time. So that means you're doing one work stream or something for one client. And within that work stream, we've agreed upon a certain amount of deliverables that need to get done for the client. And this is initially scoped out in the beginning of the project. So in our day to day as a more entry level consultant, you're trying to execute on those deliverables. So my day to day might consist of team meetings to make sure that we're aligned or meetings with the client where we might have interviews with different members across their firm that might give us insight we need to bring into certain parts of the project. Or it could include meeting with people across EY who have industry experience that we might need for our deliverable and then kind of gathering those insights, making updates to whatever materials we're creating for the client, whether that be a report, a slide deck, a model in Excel, and then meeting again with the team and iterating on it to make sure that we're delivering delivering high quality work for the client. So there's a lot of back and forth and collaboration between not only the team and the client to make sure that we're delivering what they actually need. And of course, you want to make sure there's buy-in on the client end so that it is aligned to their goals and they're not seeing something at the end of the project that they've never seen before. It's more of a collaborative effort there. And in terms of the work culture at EY, EY has a great culture. That's actually one of my favorite things about working here. It's very community oriented. So there's a lot of collaboration, not just within your project team, but across the entire firm, nationally and globally. I've worked on projects with people all over the US. I've worked with people even in Poland and Europe, depending on what you need. One of the nice things about working at a global firm is that we have expertise all over the world. And it can get pretty niche as well. So if you're looking for something super specific, we probably have somebody who knows that. And then it's really cool to be able to network in a way with people all over the globe. Another kind of cool aspect about our culture is that it's it's quite open. And so it's pretty easy to ask questions from any level to anyone of any level. And that's one of the things I really appreciate because we have that support built in where people really just want to help each other. That kind of ties into the formal and informal mentorship that EY has created too. There's also a big focus on learning. 
So we have something called EY badges where you can take courses and earn badges in multiple different subject areas. You can use that as a bit of a, an accelerant to get yourself into different projects or types of work. EY is also partnered with the university to create a tech MBA, which is a really cool opportunity for people as well. And in general, you're encouraged to try a lot of different projects so that you can keep learning and discovering what's the best fit for you. And the last thing I really enjoy about our culture is that we have a lot of social events. Even now as restrictions in COVID are starting to ease, we're starting to see our coworkers again. And it's really great because when you connect with your coworkers on a more personal level and get to know them better, it often translates into better working dynamics too. Thank you so much for sharing um, what a day at work looks like for a consultant. Um, that was some really useful insight that I personally was also um, wanting to learn from someone with firsthand experience. And EY sounds like an absolutely wonderful place to work at. And I'm, I'm sure that that detailed insight on the work culture and the work um, will be helpful for our audience who are interested in the consulting industry. The third question we have for you here is, what are some challenges that you face um, in your day-to-day life and how do you overcome them? I would say that the biggest challenge I face in consulting is ambiguity. And that's just because a lot of the time when we do work, it's something that we've never done before. And that's because we're always working with different clients or for different industries, or even if I, for example, have had four different projects within the insurance space, but they have all been completely different. So every time you do something, it's basically brand new to you, especially when you've joined out of school. And so often when we're given tasks, it can be kind of ambiguous and hard to figure out what you actually need to do. So what my approach is to deal with ambiguity is that I try to summarize back what I've heard when someone gives me a task or is explaining something to me. And this allows me to confirm that I've understood it correctly. If you don't do this and you've understood it wrong and then you go and start working, you can often get yourself down a bit of a rabbit hole and that's really not productive for you or for the team. So I try to confirm things as I hear them. And often if I get one little piece wrong, it might remind them of something else to tell me and I can get more context and background that will give me a more holistic understanding. After summarizing back what I've heard, I also try to lay out the approach that I'm going to take. Sometimes you don't know that and that's okay, but where I can, if I've heard something, someone tells me, okay, then this is this is what I believe I understood. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to start working on a, this type of slide. I'll get it to you by this timeline, and then we can review on this timeline. So I kind of try to lay out exactly what I'm going to do next and try to include the timeline I'm thinking in there. And this allows my team to validate it with me as I go along to make sure that we're all on the same page and that we're going down the right track, especially because sometimes deliverables can be on tight timelines where you can create clarity with different people on the team is very valuable. Another thing I try to do is I try to work as independently as I can. It's really great and important to ask questions as you're stuck, for sure. You definitely don't want to go down that rabbit hole, like I said before. But at the same time, sometimes you will realize as you go through something that you can answer your own questions. So I try to kind of make clear, logical, consistent assumptions as I go through. And then when I reach a point where I'm stuck or at the end when I've accumulated a list of questions, then I can go back and have a more productive review session with my team. Thank you so much. Um, Your approach to dealing with ambiguity is absolutely brilliant, I think. 
to really um, explain to your clients what you've perceived from their instructions. It's so important because it clears um, all the superficial confusions um, there might be. And as you said, it brings forward more conversation from where you could get more useful information, which they might have not mentioned the first time. Um, Moving on to the very last question we have for you in this part. How crucial do you think it is to have a team when aiming for success? What kind of leadership strategy has worked the best for you to keep the business environment productive? I think having a team is definitely a really important part of consulting. And that's because each person on the team plays a different role. And so you have your more industry experts on the team. That's often people who might be at the senior manager level or the partner level. And then you have your consultants who are more focused on execution. And that's kind of the point of a team is that everyone can bring their own skills and expertise and together they can create synergy. And often the best part of working in a team as well is that you learn so much from each other. You can challenge each other to push yourselves farther than you would have thought initially. You can come up with better ideas by bringing your minds together. And by the end of it, you will have learned a lot from each other and grown as a professional and as a person. So teams are really kind of baked into the way we do consulting because that is a very effective way to deliver work to the client as well. So that's kind of one of my favorite parts of working in consulting is that I knew going into it, I would always be in a team. And teams are more fun. It's more fun than working alone. Consulting sounds like um, an ideal career for people, people, um, people who love working with people and communicating and working in teams which again explains why you said being someone uh, who can be a team player is so important um, coming into consulting. So um, I would suggest all of um, our listeners who love working with people to look at consulting as a potential career option. Moving on to part three of the questions, which is also our personal favorite, um, the rapid fire questions. The first question we have for you here is, when you were little, what did you want to be when you grew up? So when I was little, I wanted to be an author. I loved creative writing. I just loved making up different stories. And then I would also illustrate the books as well. So my parents have a whole box of books in their basement that I wrote and drew. (laughs) Oh, how cute. Moving on to our second question. Uh, What is something you didn't know about the consulting industry when you first went in that you know now? I didn't realize how fast the pace of change would actually be. In my first year at EY, I essentially worked on six two-month projects back-to-back. So that's not very typical, but it was a bit of a sprint over and over again. It was kind of fun. I was ping-ponging between different teams and industries and learning so much so quickly. But I just didn't imagine quite that pace of change where every two months you're doing something completely different. I thought it would have been a bit longer. But and that's the case for many people. They don't experience such short projects in a row. Some people might be on projects for more like a year. But it's the uh, ambiguity and how fast things can change. That was something I just didn't expect until I got into it. Oh, that must have been so hectic and thrilling as well. Moving on to our third question. Uh, are all the scary stories about long working hours and consulting true or is it just a myth? Yeah, so sometimes you will have to work longer days, especially if there's a deliverable due with a time crunch. But I find that EY especially has a really great culture about this. 
So for me, it has not been consistent long evenings or weekends. And another point to this is that you have to try and set some personal boundaries to protect the time that is important to you and try to get things done in business hours where you can. So to help achieve balance, it's really important to speak up when there is too much on your plate, to manage your own time effectively, and to make sure that you don't overcommit to any side of desk extracurricular work. And that could be something like helping with proposals or business development opportunities or signing up for committees on top of your project. So if you can kind of manage your own time and speak up when there is too much, because maybe there's so much that we need to put another resource on the project, I find in general, it's important to just communicate that. And then the teams will make sure that what they're, de- they're creating a sustainable environment and delivering the best work that they can for the client. The next question that we have for you is, how do you invest in yourself outside of your job? I think it's really important to focus on your physical health and your mental health. They're really important parts of us. And really, we can't be great at our jobs without focusing on our minds and our bodies. So for me, I really love to cook and bake. It's a form of stress relief plus you have to eat anyways, so why not make it fun? <laughs> I love to try and invent new recipes in the kitchen or testing new ones that my friends and I have found. And then in terms of physical health, I also really enjoy, enjoy doing yoga. With COVID and being at home all the time, I was trying to find ways that I could incorporate more movement into my life while stuck in my apartment. So I started doing some live stream yoga classes and then kind of got more into fitness classes in general. So some hit workouts and bar and and walking. I love walking. <laughs> I love walking too. And baking is something that I've been learning recently as well. So yeah, I totally agree. Lots of fun. Uh, moving on to our next question. What is your go-to food spot in the greater Toronto area? This is so hard for me because I'm such a foodie and I really like trying so many new places. But some of my go-tos, first of all, I try to I eat a lot of vegan or plant-based food. I myself am not a vegan, but I do really enjoy that. And I think it's a a great sustainable option. So I go to Planta Clean and Fresh. Those are my top two vegan restaurants in in downtown Toronto. In general, I also love pho and Vietnamese food. So I think whatever local place you have near you is usually really awesome. I also have to shout out Cafe Landwer in the financial district for Mediterranean food. Their shakchuka is amazing. And my favorite cookie place downtown is called Courage Cookies. They started up in the pandemic and they donate a portion of their proceeds to charity, which is great because I'm going to buy the cookies anyways. So, you know, it's, it's just a, a benefit all around. <laughs> Thank you so much for all those recommendations. And last but not the least, what are your favorite pieces amongst workwear in your closet? Okay, so my actual favorite piece is a vintage pencil skirt that my mom gave me. It's 30 years old, and recently she passed it on, and I love it. It, It's awesome. But in terms of things that you can buy in this century, uh, RW & Co. has some leggings dress pants that I love because they're so comfortable, especially after working from home in COVID. I I live in leggings, so (laughs) it's a nice fusion. And RW Co. also has some really great basic tank tops. And those are just staples that you can pair with any statement, blazers, or jewelry. Thank you so much. Thank you for hanging in with us, Julia. We're almost at the end of the episode. So just a few questions to conclude um, the episode. So first off, 
what is one advice you would give to your first year self? I would tell myself that every experience is valuable. It teaches you something about what you like and what you don't like. And from there, you can pivot and find things that you do like. And the other thing I would say to myself is to be confident. You know more than you think you do, and you are capable of what you put your mind to. Thank you. And what do you look forward to accomplishing and learning in the next few years of your professional career? In general, I'm just excited to continue to try new things and learn. I know that I will be working with great people who inspire me, challenge me, and help me learn new things. So I just am excited to see what opportunities arise and what doors open. Great. We wish you all the best in your endeavors. Thank you. And then is there any book or blog that you are reading or have read or any podcast you listen to that you would recommend to our listeners? I'm trying to get into podcasts more myself, but one of my mentors at work who is a partner at EY, she recommended The Learning Leader with Ryan Hawk and then Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. But I personally really enjoyed The Wealthy Barber. It's the personal finance book. It, it's great. And then typically when I read, I like to read fiction. It's often a form of stress relief or escape. And my personal favorites would be Harry Potter, Agatha Christie books, and Dan Brown books. Great. Thank you so much. Um, I've definitely heard of Dare to Lead and A Wealthy Barber and the other ones you mentioned as well. So I'm hoping that our students could also probably read those and, you know, learn from them. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being with us today, Julia. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for having me. This was a really great time, and I hope that I was able to share some good tips for, for the students. So if you're interested in consulting, definitely just you know try your best to, to get some cool experiences out of whatever you're doing, and, and best of luck to you all. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed today's conversation. If you find this episode and our podcast motivating and inspiring, feel free to share it with a friend or share it on your Instagram stories. This would be really helpful for us in getting more listeners. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on our social media platforms, which are linked in the show notes below to stay updated on our upcoming episodes. See you next week on another episode of Radio Her. Thank you.